Hello, everyone, and welcome on into the Betting Pros Podcast. It is time for some Week 8 action here. We are at the halfway point, of the, the quasi-halfway point of the season here. And, of course, as always, joining me here to break down the weekend slate, we have none other than the Oracle himself, Matt Friedman. And joining us today, none other from the Action Network than Stucky himself. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for joining us here. Uh, doing, doing well. It's... Uh... We're in the heart of uh, football season. If you follow college football, I guess I'll do a shameless plug, too, for Big Bets on Campus podcast. Getting ready to do that later today. But if you follow college football and the NFL, we have at least one football game in each of the next 27 days. So it's a beautiful time of the year. And then that's going to dovetail right into the World Cup, so you get even more other football action going on there. This is the best sports time. We have everything going on here. Baseball is almost over. We got the NBA in full swing. Somebody should probably tell the Lakers that NHL has kicked off, has t- dropped the puck on their season. This is full sports season here. It doesn't get any better than this, ladies and gentlemen. And so today we're going to be talking about some of these NFL games here. Matt, the first one you have up on your list might be one of my biggest no-touch games of the year because I have absolutely zero inkling here. You've been low on the Raiders this whole season. Their big win against the Texans doesn't do it for you here. You are taking the Saints as one-and-a-half-point dogs at home this week against the Raiders. Yeah, still uh, very much like the Saints in this spot. Um, you know, that offense with Andy Dalton at quarterback, for some reason, maybe just because he's avoiding some of the, the massive turnovers that, you know, we've seen out of Jameis Winston. But that offense has been pretty good, averaging 31 points per game with Dalton. And Dalton, for his career, has been pretty good as an underdog, 41-31-2 and two against the spread, going against uh, Derek Carr, who's been 15-25-1 against the spread as a favorite. So, you know, trends pointing in opposite directions there. But just in terms of on-field matchup, the Saints' rush offense versus the Raiders' rush defense, uh, I think that, for me, is going to be the big difference here. The Saints have one of the league's best running offenses, and the Raiders are mediocre against the run, You know, often allowing opponents to stay on schedule and sustain drives on the ground. They're number 17 in rush success rate, uh, number 20 in rush DVOA. And you know, for the, the Saints' offense, they're in top three in both of those categories. You know, the Raiders are exploitable via the air as well, bottom six in both dropback EPA and dropback success rate. But, you know, with the pass catching injuries the Saints have, I think they're likely to rely more on the running game. And with the edge that they have in that area, I think they're going to keep the contest close. In the Thursday look-ahead market, the Saints were minus one and a half. Uh, and I still think that they should be favored here. I have this at Saints minus one. Two things. Number one, the rush bit completely spot on with especially now that the Raiders are also losing Jonathan Hankin as they traded yeah. him to uh to the Dallas Cowboys here Th- this rush defense is very exploitable here and I fully expect to see a lot of Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara Andy Dalton's been avoiding the major turnovers though didn't he have two pick sixes last week yeah but one of those wasn't his fault you know like for the most part he hasn't been Jameis Winston which is like the threshold for whether you get to start over Jameis Winston it but it, I, all I'm saying is I'm, I'm a little worried if we do see another turnover. Or two. I, I want to know how long the leash is with him because apparently Coach Dennis Allen was saying that he's going to start, but Jameis is healthy. And we had heard for weeks with this Saints team that Jameis is going to start when he's back and healthy. How If Andy Dalton gets off to a bad start, do you think they put Jameis in this game? Maybe, but I think it would have to be a really bad start. They did say that it was performance at this point and not health as to why Dalton is starting. Yeah. Stucky, what are you thinking on this one? 
Yeah, it's this is a it's a tough handicap, mainly because of all the injuries that New Orleans has suffered at key positions, right? Secondary, wide receiver. I'd show I'd make this a true coin flip. So if I had a bet, I would bet the Saints, who have actually been pretty good in terms of efficiency on both sides of the ball. Uh, they've been the unluckiest team in turnovers, which tend to regress over the course of the season, especially if you know you don't have Winston in there. I mean, Dalton's two pick sixes last week basically cost them the game. There's been a couple other games like that where just absolute game-swinging penalties. They've not only just numerically have they had the worst turnover luck in the NFL. It's like when they come, you have to like, if you dig in the penalty, turnovers, like they matter a lot more than, you know, a Hail Mary at the end of the first half compared to like you're driving and there's a pick six. So, but one thing that gives me pause here is the Saints defensive line. I, I, they're just haven't been, they're not getting any pressure, number one. And if you look, Josh Jacobs looks rejuvenated. The Raiders offensive line is actually, I think they're number one in adjusted line yards. And they've been really good in run blocking. The Saints are number two. But then if you look at the other side of the ball, the Raiders defensive line has actually been better against runs. So I don't know what's going on with the Saints defensive line. Maybe some guys are over the hill dealing with injuries. I'm not sure. But generally speaking, the Saints defense will shut down the run. So I would like this matchup from that perspective. But it just hasn't really played out that way this year. But yeah, I make this a true coin flip saints at home. They probably have some regression coming their way. They've been really good from an efficiency standpoint. There's just a lot of injury uncertainty with the saints, but yeah, I think it's saints are pass. Also important to note here, Derek Carr limited in practice on Wednesday. He was dealing with a back injury stemming from last week's game. He's still going to play, but the last thing you want with that offensive line is a quarterback like Derek Carr, who's even more immobile for this one. That could be a big problem here for him. The next game up on the board, the Lions and the Dolphins here. The Lions, they're going to be getting four and a half points in this one, three and a half points in this one right now at home. But, Stucky, you had him at four and a half. Do you still like him at three and a half? I wish I had him four and a half. You said four and a half. I almost ran to – I was about oh. to pull up my phone. I was like, well, I was about to add to the lines. Yeah, I like the lines here. I mean, if you look at what they've done when their offense has been full, everyone's jumped off this bandwagon. Now, they were all on it early in the year. But if you look at what they've done all year, I mean, they've put up thir- early in the year 35, 36, 48. And this is a team that was regularly scoring over 30 points at home, indoors, where Jared Goff isn't a pumpkin. And then they have one bad game at New England, you know, but they were missing some key guys. And Goff outdoors was a great spot for the Patriots. Even, and then last week, they go to Dallas. Yardage about equal. It was five turnovers to one. They were at the one to take the lead, I think, early in the fourth quarter. Fumbled at the one-yard line. I think their defense showed out well. I actually have some promise for their defense moving forward. It's been one of the worst in the league. But they inserted some young guys in into the lineup in the bye, you know, playing Josh Pasquelmore up front. Kirby Joseph, I think, is playing well at safety. Then, obviously, everyone knows about Hutchinson, who had his best day as a pro last week. So did Jeff Akuda for what it's worth, at corner. Malcolm Rodriguez, I think is a future stud at linebacker. So I think their defense is going to improve, and it looked pretty good last week. And you have to remember last week, the Lions didn't play with DeAndre Swift, who will play this week. And they lost to Ross St. Brown in like the first drive because he was spotted yeah. for a concussion, which he didn't have. He's massive for that offense. And especially this week, so we know the Lions have a good offense line. They're going up against a Dolphin secondary that is down to fourth and fifth string corners and Xavion Howard. And they just lost Brandon Jones at safety. Who's like a really important blitz piece for them. So I think the Lions will be able to move the ball here. And for as, you know, 
fun as the Miami offense is in four or five to four or five to his starts, they haven't surpassed 21 points. Like it's just not, there's something missing there, but I think this, you know, the both teams are going to be able to score here. I'll gladly take the three and a half at home with the lions. I think defense is trending up. Offense is now fully healthy. I think this is a good spot to buy Detroit. 51 and a half points is the total Matt. Any thoughts on that versus one of the sides here? I know it's high, but it's it's the Lions and that defense going up against anyone is usually a recipe for an over. Yeah, I mean, I don't I have it at 51.6. So, you know, I'm I'm basically right, right there. there, but I, you know, I am uh I'm hopeful that Stucky is right because in the look ahead market, I actually did get on the Lions at plus 3 and then of course like my luck it, it moved to uh, three and a half instead of down. But I was, you know, at that point bullish enough on the Lions to think that this line might move down and I'm with Stucky. I thought they played actually pretty well against Dallas and it was only at the end of the game that things really unraveled for them. So if I had to bet this now, I would probably be on the lions and not the dolphins. I'm inclined to agree with you, especially if you're getting that three and a half. I like that yeah. hook with the lions here at home, but Matt, how are you feeling about this next game up here? It's the big one. This is the Super Bowl of the season, the matchup to end all matchups. For the first time in 21 years, the New York Jets head into their battle with the New England Patriots with a better record. Where are you going in this one? The Patriots are now laying two and a half points around town. Oh, I wanted to get to three so bad. I know what's going to happen in this game. I've been predicting the downfall, and I do argue that it happened last week, losing Brees Hall but and Elijah Vera Tucker. That's just two brutal blows for this Jets offense. I, I think they'll be okay in the future when Fant, and, uh, when Fant returns. This offensive line will get back to being somewhat okay. But, man, these injuries have been brutal. Where are you going in this one? Are you going to lay the points with the Patriots on the road? Yeah, Stucky, if you can't tell, Tom is a diehard Jets fan. So he's he's really feeling it right now. Uh, I Yeah, I'm on the Patriots. Uh, I think their pass defense going against the pass offense or lack of pass offense for the Jets is the real difference in this game. And, you know, the Jets offense is ranked top five in just one efficient, efficiency metric. That's rush EPA per play. And uh, in quarterback Zach Wilson's four starts, the Jets were actually number one in rush EPA per play, like giving him outstanding support in the ground game but you know for the year the Jets are just number 22 in rush success rate uh it's since week four they've improved but still only number 13 and you know what that means is on a down-to-down basis they're not really consistent you know they've just been relying on the big play uh, especially from Brees Hall and you know now with him out as you mentioned Elijah Vera Tucker out who's really uh, the team's best uh run blocker uh, I think the Jets are going to struggle on the ground which means they need Wilson to do more through the air and like <laughs> that's that's a big ask Right. Like that feels like a problem, given that the Patriots defense is top six in every key pass efficiency metric and the Jets pass offense is no better than average. So if they can't run the ball uh, and if they can't pass the ball against the Patriots defense, like how are they going to score enough points to cover? So, yeah, I'm on the Patriots in this spot. Stucky, what are you feeling in this game? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it has to be Patriots here for what it's worth. Belichick, 39, seven and one against the spread. After a loss, that's 84%, including 26-3-1 against the spread on the road after a loss, covering by 11 points per game. That's 90% 2-0 this year, too. And he's done it with Castle. He's done it with multiple quarterbacks. Uh, 
yeah, the Jets are whatever the right their fraudulent record is. They've beaten, they've won four in a row, I think, against nothing but backup quarterbacks. Last week, by the way, I had a ten I graded that game as a 10-point loss for the Jets. Graded that the 17-point win against the Packers as a four-point loss. They had they scored on two trick plays on offense, a punt block for a touchdown, blocked a field goal. This off the last two games that they won on the road, uh, and it, they Zach Wilson had a 29% success rate and a 31% success rate. I, complete poverty he's under he's the worst I think he's the worst quarterback in the NFL by far he this guy I mean it's it's amazing that they're winning games with him I mean they're winning games despite him facing back of quarterbacks getting some fortunate breaks under and the Patriots get a lot of pressure too under pressure this year Zach Wilson is five of 31 for 40 yards five of 31 for 40 yards he is completely lost back there and yeah now you don't have Brees Hall to, you know, break a 70-yard run here or there, I think the Jets are in for a long day. If you look at EPA plus completion percentage over expectation, out of 36 qualified quarterbacks, Zach Wilson's 35th. The only one that's been worse this year is Baker Mayfield. Uh, so, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is Patriots all the way in a bounce-back spot. And, uh, yeah, the Jets are – their medicine is coming, and they're coming back down to earth soon. I like their future. They've got some good young pieces, but their defense isn't as good as people think. They, they keep playing backups, and their offense without Maurice Hall is a joke. This is, just, this is just going to be terrible because they, they, this is where the era of good feelings, can, nothing, nothing gold can stay with the Jets. Of course, four straight wins here, and then in the last one, and this was the game for me where I said if we beat the Broncos, it's, you're starting to look at this team and go, okay, they can make the playoffs now five and two you're going you're going into this you look at the back half of their schedule this is a team that can potentially make that run because the teams that they play after the bye week are complete jokes and so of course Brees Hall and Elijah Vera Tucker have to go down you can't enjoy anything for a minute and yeah I do think that this is going to be a blowout here I'm probably not going to end up betting it I'm just going to take my misery and deal with it but I definitely agree. It's a two-game losing streak heading into the bye. They're going to lose this one. They're going to lose to the Bills. And then you're still in a good position, but it definitely hurts not having Brees Hall, and James Robinson is not an adequate replacement for him. We do need a quarterback. You could, I will say you could. Yeah, you need a quarterback bad. Yeah. Uh, you could win this game. It's not out of the run. It's a division game. The total's 40. Yeah, I, I actually like the under, too. And you, you could have a couple breaks. Gary. It's not like the Patriots' offense is a juggernaut, and you're going to get Mac Jones – Still shaking off some rust. He barely got any work last week. And if you do win this game, like I like the Patriots, but it's not out. out man, the Bills next week will be an absolute half. There is 0% chance. First of all, again, Wilson will be under pressure the whole game. There is 0% chance that the Jets offense can keep up with the Bills. Yeah. That, we, we might get some value if they win again. That, that game value. I'm still chalking up. I looked at these three get pre bye week games, and I just said if we could just grab one. And we grabbed one, so I'm happy. But the sad thing is that we did it at the price of losing our only two good players on offense. It, it, I, I just hope that this team still recognizes that they're not getting the job done with Zach Wilson and they need to move on to another quarterback after the season. Because that was my whole goal for this season with the Jets was just suck enough that you get move on from Zach Wilson and you can take all of these talented pieces and get him a real quarterback. I was never a believer in this guy. And I'm still not at this point, but we've spent en- more than enough time talking about the Jets here because. Well, wait, now you're going to go eight and nine now and not get a, uh, a good draft pick and be stuck. Maybe you'll get a veteran quarterback. 
Well, that's the thing. I don't really, I'm not invested at the quarterbacks at the top of this draft class anyway. You've got a Bama quarterback and an Ohio State quarterback is the two best ones right now. I don't want any part of either of those programs giving me a quarterback for the next next 20 years. So I'm, I'm okay with a mid-round pick and trying to take a fly or something because it's not like when we had a number two overall pick, we did anything good with it. We took Zach Wilson. So We'll see what happens. I don't really trust Stroud and Young, but that's a conversation for a different podcast here because we got something really even weirder and possibly hasn't happened in more than the 21 years since the Jets have had the better record going into the game against the Patriots. The Packers are 11-point dogs in their game this week. Yes, it's against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, but when is the last time we have seen them laying uh, getting 11 points? I almost feel like I have to take that number, even though th- this team has done nothing to show me that they're any good over the past several weeks. Matt, what are you thinking in this one? Well, let's kick it to Stucky. This is yes. this is really his game here. Yeah, I, I like I like the Packers. I took plus eleven and a half. It's never happened with Rodgers. He's never been <clears throat> more than a touchdown underdog in the regular season. Oddly enough, he's it's happened three times, and all on this same weekend. I think last year he won at undefeated Arizona with no receivers. He won. He lost by on a last second field goal at undefeated Rams in 2018, who went on to the Super Bowl and Packers stunk that year. And then in 2010, they beat the undefeated Jets, I think, nine nothing. I don't know what happened in that game. I got to go back and look. Yeah, um, uh, I do. I actually remember watching that game because it is just, it was, it was a classic. Sanchez, Mar- the Sanchez yeah. Jets, yeah. It, it was a classic Sanchez game. The offense couldn't do anything, even though the defense stifled Matt Rodgers, uh, Aaron Rodgers in one of the best seasons he ever had. Yeah. I, but I, I look, they're going to have the receiving core. They just have no explosiveness. This Packers team, everyone has documented the struggles, but you know, they've also been really unlucky. I mean, their special teams are terrible. But if you look, they're sixth in success rate. They can move the ball a little bit. They're actually – I saw someone tweet this out today. They're number two in EPA per play on offense outside of the 40s. Like, in the middle of the field, they can't do anything. They're also dead last in fourth down conversion rate, 32nd EPA per play on late downs, which tend to have more variance. Their defense is a, still a really good pass defense. And their run defense is awful. And they've played these teams that have just run all over them. But the, the, this matchup might not be the worst thing for them. Like, Bills don't give up explosive plays. So, And the Packers don't have any explosiveness in their offense. They're going to have to run the ball. They're going to have to dink and dunk it. They're going to get rid of it quick. We'll see how healthy their offensive line is. That's nothing. They've dealt with offensive line injuries. And on the other side of the ball, the Bills throw the ball. That's what they do. They can't run it, by the way. Even if they come out here and say, let's run it more, I think they're bottom three in EPA per play uh, when running the ball. So they're going to throw it a lot. And that that's with the Packers. Look, Rashawn Gary practice today, which is big. The Packers can get some pressure. They have a good secondary. So I kind of like the matchup here with their, you know, kind of dink and dunk efficient offense. You hope that they get some better luck on late downs. And on the other side, like their pass defense is good. That's what you want against the Bills. Maybe I know Bills are off of a bye here, but they just beat the Chiefs. It's like the Packers can struggle. Maybe they come out a little flat. And I think this situation just sets up well for the Packers. And, like, everyone's written them off. They've had all this pressure on them, their offense. And, like, you can go in here and play loose and free. Um, No one's giving you a chance. And most importantly, I just think that this is the bottom of the market on the Packers, which is really what you want to do and what I – or at least what I personally try to do when betting the NFL, you know, buying low and selling high, similar to the stock market. And I think that this is – 
the bottom of the Packers stock. And I know it's so narrative based to say, oh, Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Fame quarterback, I'll, I'll gladly take 11 and a half with him. And I'll tell you why that's important. And like, if I had, if, if this is a blowout, down 17 late, especially in today's F with the scoring down, if they're down 17 late in the game, that's a blowout. And you got a Hall of Fame quarterback with three minutes ago playing against a prevent defense and you need him to go down to get a touchdown could be in worse spots. So the back door is very open and the yeah, bills, have let it, the, the bills can let you back in, especially given their injuries in the secondary. Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, I think that this is the, this is the time to, to buy the Packers and historic book. Speaking of buying low, do you just follow this blindly the past 40 years teams off three straight losses and three straight non-covers, you just bet them the next week, especially as an underdog, you're at 60% historically. Uh, everyone is just talking about how bad the Packers are, how great the Bills are. It's good by low sell high spot. Hold your nose. Matt, any thoughts on this game, or do you want to go on to your next game, which is a little bit different? Yeah, I, you know, I'm on the look-ahead line here. Uh, I got it on, you know, last Thursday, Buffalo minus eight and a half. And I saw that and I was like, no way that this doesn't get to 10 by the time this line really opens on Sunday night. So I bet that if I'm looking at this number now, I take all of Stucky's points and I'll just say like, I think he's probably right. There's a difference between like being right, like in terms of how teams match up with each other. And then like, you know, going by the number based on your power ratings. I still have this like power rated to where Buffalo should be favored by 11.75 points. So in theory, they're still uh, like my line would point towards the bills, but you know, past 10, you know, the difference between like 10 and a half, 11, and then getting up to 11.75, they're like, there's not much of a difference there. And I don't, I don't think I really want to be betting this game on the bills past 10. Uh, I mean, I, I take Stucky's point of like, yeah, like, am I going to regret like a week from now not having bet on Aaron Rodgers at like what is definitely like the low point in the market for him? Like, yeah, I will probably be like, man, I should have just been on. I, I should have tried to middle, or I should have just waited and been like, no, I'm gonna bet the Packers once this gets past ten. Um, so I, I take Stucky's point there, but at this point in the market, I'm probably staying away. On a scale so, one to ten, how shocked would you be if the, if the Packers went out right? Three. Yeah, I'd say maybe four, five. I mean, I, it's I can the NFL. See, Nothing shocks me right, anymore. Right, like big underdog winning this year. Like, yeah, that's that's very conceivable, uh, especially with you know Aaron Rodgers and the defense that they have. The one thing that does give me pause is that they just don't have the talent on offense, and their their offensive line is in disarray right now with all the the moving pieces they have back and forth. And you know Bakhtiari, who knows if he actually ends up playing. So the offensive line issues that's really what what gives me pause. Yeah, ba Bakhtiari is an important piece. If you want to wait to bet this, I, I mean it's going to stay over ten. Uh, Bakhtiari, they, they need they need Bakhtiari at left tackle. They, and then they're moving Jenkins to left guard. And I think that'll help. And especially against the Bills, like Bakhtiari, it's been good, but he's been in there. Um, similar to like Rodney Stanley, like there's just no drop off when he plays. He's elite. And you're going to be going up against Von Miller and a defensive line that can get pressure. And yeah. Aaron Rodgers has just been under fire all season long. So, yeah, see if, ba if Bakhtiari plays. I like this even more. He practiced today, which is a good sign. So did Rashawn Gary. So it looks like he's going to play, which is another important piece. Um, but Bakhtiari is, is literally, 
uh, it appears from what I've read and heard that he's going to be like a game time decision for the next like month. Yeah. Cause he played two weeks ago and then he's like, it just depends on the day and how his, his knee feels. So yeah, he's an important piece um, for this game and this matchup. It, it's just so hard. I don't really see how in the NFL, especially this season, how you can lay 10 points in any matchup here it, it, because it's just so unpredictable and what's been going on. And so with that, Matt, the Steelers are playing the Eagles and the Eagles are laying 10 and a half points in this matchup. Where are you going in this one? So I will say I bet this when it was 10, um, 10 and a half is not quite as appetizing, obviously, because you're off of the key number. But I still I really like the matchup uh, between these two teams, the matchup that we have for the Eagles here. And, uh, you know, like we obviously know, like the the trend of like Mike Tomlin as an underdog, obviously fantastic in that spot, 48, 25 and three against the spread for his career as an underdog. And. Yeah, I mean, I, you can see how this could be like a a raw raw spot for for Mike Tomlin, but this Eagles pass defense going against the Steelers pass offense, I think that for me is the matchup and and where this game is won. The Steelers, I think they have one of the best pass catching like skill position groups in the league. Obviously, a wide receiver Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, all of those three guys are great. Pat Fryermuth is a, you know, an emerging tight end who I think could eventually elevate himself into the top tier. And Najee Harris is a really good pass catching back for a guy of his size. But their passing game has been thwarted by the, I don't want to say like lack of development by rookie quarterback Kenny Pickett, but just like the fact that he's a rookie. You know, he's dead last in the league with a 3.9 adjusted yards per attempt. Like he has not played well this year. There are some throws where it's just like he does not have the physical ability to make those throws when he thinks that he does. Uh, so he needs to adjust his game. Uh, so like, how are they going to move the ball through the air against the Eagles? I, I think they're not going to the Eagles defense is top six against the pass and a number of efficiency metrics. I think they're just too strong at cornerback, you know, with James Bradbury, he's got the size and the physicality to match up with Claypool and Pickens on the perimeter. And then, you know, Darius Slay, he's got the quickness, I think, to stick with Johnson. And then in the slot, Avante Maddox has steadily developed over the past few years into one of the better, you know, interior pass defenders. He's got, you know, an elite combination of speed and agility, which I think helps him navigate the middle of the field. I just I think the Eagles are too explosive on offense not to get out to a double digit lead and their pass defense is good enough to be able to keep that lead in the second half. So, you know, at 10 and a half, it's it's close for me. I would still be on the Eagles at this number. I obviously liked it much more at 10 when I bet it and wrote it up. Stucky, how are you feeling in this one? Yeah, it looks like I, you know, I, I, I make this kind of spot on. Yeah, Tomlin as a dog obviously has been unbelievable. This, I, this would cl- classify as a rah rah spot in my opinion, which would treated me very well in the past. But I don't know if I want to back the Steelers here. I would, I will tell you that if Lane Johnson was going to be out <clears throat> um, for the, and it looks like he's going to return out of concussion protocol, but he's really important to that offensive line. And you saw when he went out against the Cowboys, and I just have this weird suspicion that you know the Steelers defense would deal with a lot of injuries that like. We're going to, it'll be like shocking everyone that TJ Watt comes off the IR and just plays on Sunday. And like he, I remember he was in concussion protocol one week, like got a concussion on like a Tuesday. They played the Ravens on like a Tuesday. And then he was, everyone's like, he's out. And then he just played. Um, and he like practiced today, I think. Uh, my friend that's affiliated with the Steelers was like, he was out there. Uh, 
on the side, like going full. I, it wouldn't shock me if TJ Watt played. And the Steelers' defense with TJ Watt on and off the field splits is ridiculous. Yeah. And him against that, you know, they, what the Eagles like to do off the edge, and him, you know, and if Lane Johnson was out and TJ Watt was playing, like literally could be worth maybe the most important defensive player <sighs> in the league in this particular matchup if Johnson was out. Yeah, but Stucky, I don't know. I'm just that's, speculating. That's terrifying. That's terrifying. The idea of TJ Walker. Honestly, I'm when we're done. I'm going to go do some research and look this up. If he's practicing, I'm buying out of my position right now. Like I will just say that if TJ Watt is actually out there, I want no part of going against this number. Yeah, the I will say that the like because the the common thought was because the Steelers play the Eagles this week. Could be making this up, but I think they have a bye he, next week. He, uh, so, just. Real quick, TJ Watt practice today. Yeah, so it wouldn't chop because they have a bye next week. So everyone's like, he's just going to come back after the bye. Um, but they're like two and five, all right? Two and five, two and this, this, you have to win this game or your season's pretty much over in the ASC. So I don't know. But I will say something in support of you. And, I, you know, I, I'm a, I'm, I will quote trends if there's a reason for them. I, you know, the Tomlin thing makes sense. He's a very good motivator, fires up a locker room. Um, not the greatest like in-game manager, but his team, he's like kind of like get the troops ready. And sometimes they come out so flat like his favorites back with Roethlisberger. He was, he's awful as a big favorite against losing teams. Here's one that another trend that supports the Eagles that I believe in. And this is crazy since 2001 undefeated teams in the NFL coming off of a bye that are favored at home are 18 and one straight up and 17 and two against the spread covering by, I think almost two touchdowns per game. Think about this. This is undefeated teams in the NFL. Everyone knows that they're good, right? You would think that they would be at the top of their market. They're 17 to two against the spread. Why? How could this be in in an efficient NFL market? I would, you know, my hypothesis is that if you're undefeated in the NFL and at home, right? Number one, you're going to get an amazing crowd, home field advantage, and you're going to be rested. And you're a good team. You probably have good coaching staff, but you're undefeated and you're on a bye. You probably spent that two weeks, like the, morale and the dedication and everything is just positive and everything's working together. You you probably spent those two weeks, every waking second, everyone on the team studying film. And like, so yeah, that, that's a crazy 17 and two against the spread for teams that are undefeated. Like you would think at home favorites off of a buy covered by almost two touchdowns per game. So that supports your Eagles position here. I do. I do agree with you that if the Eagles build a lead, it's bad news for the Steelers. You just, I don't know when we're going to be able to sell the Eagles because their schedule is so bad, but they are built to play from ahead. And I think that they're going to be vulnerable when they play a team that actually gets out in front against them, which hasn't happened. It might not happen often until they get to the playoffs. Yeah, Stucky, that is a wild trend, 17 and two. Uh, And so reading here, uh, head coach Mike Tomlin has already said it's highly unlikely we see Watt this week. So, okay. It's it's assumed he's not going to play. Okay. But I'm just saying, like everyone, he's highly, highly doubtful. But he's been, he was highly, highly doubtful with a concussion like two days after protocol. I'm just saying it, it would be shocking if he played, but I personally wouldn't be shocked. Okay. Now, how about this game for you here, Stucky? This, I really wish this line was three because then it gets very easy for me to take the Minnesota Vikings, but it's three and a half, and at some places might go to four here versus the Cardinals in Minnesota. Are you taking Kyler Murray and the Cards here, or are you taking the Minnesota Vikings who somehow are – are they are they still five and one? Did they have a bye week last week? 
yeah, five yeah, they're and five, one. They're five and one. Uh, they're they're a paper tiger. I mean, they're five and one coming off a bye. And by the way, it doesn't mean as much here. Cardinals coming off the mini bye. They played on Thursday night. For whatever reason, this Cardinals team just likes going on the road. I don't know if they're just distracted at home. Cliff is with his models, and Kyler's playing Call of Duty. I don't know, but on the road, he's fifteen three and two against the spread as an underdog. He's won eight straight outright. I, they're just how they perform on the road versus at home is crazy. This is when you want to back Cliff Kingsbury, who I'm not a fan of, or not on the second half of the season with Hopkins in the lineup on the road as an underdog. The numbers with and without Hopkins are stunning for Kyler Murray. I mean, even if you remove Kyler Murray, the Cardinals in general overall, with and without Hopkins, 27 points per game in 27 games. And I think in 13 without him, they're averaging 18. It's almost a 10-point differential. And then Kyler Murray personally is, what, 9-2 with a 72% completion percentage, 20 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, 275 a game with Hopkins. Without him, he's 3-7, 64%, 230 uh, just stark contrast. You'd see it last week when he was in the game. He, you know, had 10 catches, reliable third down target, opens up kind of the outside and opens up the middle. It's it just a much different offense with him in it. And then I think that they solved some things on the offensive line. They've been dealing with injuries. They moved some guys around, put in Billy Price at center. They got their best protection of the year. Their backup to Hudson is horrendous. He played three or four games, the worst center in the league got him out of there last week, and that did wonders. And I also think their defense is a bit underrated in the market. They got torched, torched, the worst performance of the season by any team against expectations by the market. But it was in week one against the Chiefs. But they were missing like six starters, and they were playing the Chiefs on a good day. They got destroyed. They're 20th in EPA per play for the season. But if you're from week two on, they're ninth. So I think their defense is improving healthier. is a little better than the market assumes. And this Vikings team, look, they've won four in a row. And they're really resting their laws on that week one win over Green Bay. It's like you know, Green Bay missed an 80-yard touchdown to start the game. And look, Green Bay is nowhere close to who we thought they would be. Here are their four wins. They beat Miami and like their third string and then second string quarterback. They got to outgain 460 to 230. Six and a half to four and a half yards per play advantage for Miami. Turned it over three times, had 100 yards and penalties. The next week, they beat the Lions, dead even game statistically. Should have lost. I mean, Dan the Dan Campbell decision late on that kick, and then they scored two late touchdowns. Then they beat the Saints dead even game statistically with their backup in London on a you know game game down to a field goal late. And then the Bears, the Bears, a historically bad offense. It was 5.8 yards per play each, one possession game. I know that they were up big early, but that that's it. They beat the Bears, the Saints, the Lions, and, and the Dolphins backup all by one possession, getting outplayed in most of those games. So yeah, I don't I this defense isn't that good. And uh, I think that this is a decent matchup for the Cardinals. And, uh, yeah, it's Kyler and Cliff on the road as a dog with Hopkins in the lineup right before their downfall when they're going to lose like six in a row to end the year. Very important to note, though, the key stat, Call of Duty releases tonight. Yeah, but early release, I tweeted about this last week. I'm all over this. Early release, you could pay for the early release last Thursday. So Kyler played Thursday. That was that was all campaign, though. That was it was only the yeah, campaign. But, the multiplayer releases tonight. Oh, see, I, I don't know, know anything about. The I don't campaign. know anything about Call of Duty, man. Well, <laughs> my handicap is wrong on the Call of Duty. Maybe I got to buy out. Yeah, yeah, you got to buy out. The multiplayer drops tonight. That man is not sleeping for the next seventy-two hours. I guarantee you, and he's not thinking about football here. Other than that, absolutely love your take on this game. I, I am not ready to jump aboard the Minnesota Vikings train right now. 
Uh, Matt, any thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, I th- I feel like everyone knows Cardinals road underdog. This is a spot you you don't have to tell me twice. I don't ne- I don't need to know anything else except Kyler Murray on the road as an underdog. Uh, you know, as Suck said, fifteen right, fifteen three and two against the spread in that spot uh, for uh, Cliff Kingsbury's Cardinals. Absolutely amazing trend there. I bet this on the look ahead because I was just like, you know what? Like, I don't care what happens this weekend. I know I'm going to be on the spot. I'm just going to grab this number. So. I had it at five and a half when I grabbed it. I would still bet it at three and a half. I, I absolutely am with stuck on this on this bet here. Yeah, anything anything over three, I like to. The next game up for you here, Matt. We got a pair of them to finish us off. The Indianapolis Colts with Sam Ellinger at quarterback are going to be taking on the Washington Commies. Are are you riding with Sam? Yeah, as disgusting as it is, I am going with a a six rounder who has never had an NFL start before uh as a as a home favorite i i will do it uh and for me it's you know it's the the rush offense that in theory he can provide you know uh matt ryan he hasn't been great this year you know six uh six adjusted yards per attempt number 29 but the colts running game has been even worse right astoundingly they're bottom three in rushing efficiency and now they're taking on a defense that's top 10 against the run you know basically in whatever uh you know defensive run efficiency metric you're looking at but maybe with Ellinger, uh, he can help out the ground game, you know, uh, six rounder making his first start. So obviously that's disgusting, but in the preseason, he was pretty good passing the ball, 24 of 29, 289 yards and four touchdowns. And, you know, with Frank Reich, you know, guiding him, if that's an actual thing, maybe he plays within the system well enough to go against a commander's defense that is number 29 and past DVOA. And then the big thing is that he's got the mobility, the explosiveness that Matt Ryan has never had. And in four years at college, uh, he was a pretty good runner, you know, 459 carries, 200, uh, but yeah, 2,510 yards on the ground, 33 rushing touchdowns. That's excluding sacks. Uh, and more importantly, 173 scrambles. And that like really is the difference that in theory, hopefully he can turn some of those, those pressure dropbacks and sacks for Matt Ryan into chain moving improvised carries. Right. And so I think that will be, that will be the difference here in this game. So this number was uh, four on Sunday, uh, Monday, you know, four on Sunday night and Monday morning within an hour of the announcement that Matt Ryan had been benched. It moved down to two. It met resistance, and now it's back up to the key number of three, where you see it in most sports books, kind of you know jumping around between three and two and a half. I think the fact that it hit two and then moved back up to three, like that's the sign that the market thinks Ellinger can play, or at least keep this game close. So I think the the explosiveness that he adds and the mobility that for me moves this towards the Colts at two and a half. Stucky, is Matt crazy or is he on to something here? Because I, I am inclined to go with if you have an offensive line that is struggling, you want to get the quarterback with mobility instead of the one who is an 89-year-old statue. But are, are you confident in Sam Ellinger in his first start here? I don't know. I can, Some people can get the – I don't know. The, I, I do think that there's – the backup quarterbacks in general in their first start are undervalued. Like the market tends to think that the backup is much worse than the starter. Um, I'd never like, I'm never on the right side of those. Like Brett Rippon last week, I was on the Broncos. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that his mobility can bring an added dimension to this offense. Also, it's like from a preparation standpoint, they're going to run some different looks. You don't have a lot of film on them. 
So, you know, it's like, hey, we know what to do with Matt Ryan on second, third, and long. You just blitz him and he can't move and then he throws a pick. So, yeah, I think his mobility will add here. I don't know. The Colts games are so weird. Like, the the only thing I know about, like, they always lose to the Titans. I always bet them. They always outplay the Titans and lose to them, and they don't cover somehow on, like, flukes. Then they always lose to the Jags. I do always have the Jags um, in Jacksonville. But all the results are so random to me. Like, they beat the Chiefs at home. They should have lost that game. Then they covered against the Jags in, like, a last-second touchdown somehow. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to – heads is Colts. It's Colts. All right, there you go. That that would be my lane. I have no clue. No clue. But I, with this line coming down to three, it's Colts or nothing. And uh, I, Ellinger's mobility and uh, the unknown for the prep here can only help the Colts. Give me Taylor Heineke. I'm taking Taylor Heineke and the commanders in this spot. Well, that's what, yeah, another thing is there's so much variance in this game. Like, yeah. what, what are you going to get from – uh Ellinger when he throws it and Heineke's a high variance quarterback he's gonna make yeah. some risky throws um he, he might hit some he might throw a pick six like last week he had a pick six and then there should have been another you know when he got stripped but there was a lucky a bad defensive holding call on the Packers Packers get really unlucky I keep mentioning these unlucky Packer things by the way um yeah. but he's he's gonna be he could you could get bad Heineke here and uh, we'll have two turnovers that cost them the game easily. But that could happen with Ellinger. You could have good Heineke. I don't know. This game is very, very weird. Guys, football season is here. And if you want to get in on the action, we recommend heading on over to our friends at BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks is offering up the king of promotions right now. Use the promo code BETTINGPROS when you sign up for a BetMGM account today. And you will get a $1,000 risk-free bet for your first bet. That's right. You get a $1,000 risk-free bet just for using the promo code BETTINGPROS when you sign up for an account with BetMGM. So get in on the action today, guys. Enjoy the football season, and let's cash some tickets together. Now back to the show. Now, Matt, you will ride with Sam Ellinger in his first start as a sixth-round pick. You will not ride with the once-and-future king, Geno Smith. Going up against the Giants here, Seattle laying three points. Are you believing in Big Blue and the Giants here in this spot? Yeah, I mean, Geno Smith, awesome. The uh, the career genocide has been something to behold, and I I think it is real. But yeah, I'm I'm on the Giants here. You know, Daniel Jones, thirteen and four against the spread as a road underdog, a little Kyler esque uh, in in that trend there. And uh, yeah, it's for me, the, the Giants run offense against the Seahawks run defense. You know, they want to run the ball. Uh, you know, they do it at 58% rate, uh, which is hard to do in today's NFL. But, you know, they're just committed to the run. And I guess, you know, you have Saquon Barkley, you have Daniel Jones, you're going to be running the ball. Uh, you know, Barkley is uh, the league leader with 143 carries. I think, uh, you know, with him, he's the best back in the league if not the best back in the league a top three back right now like certainly comeback player of the year uh Gino Smith aside uh so I I'm impressed with what he's doing and you know Daniel Jones uh I mean he is a legit running threat uh he's had six carries in every game this year among quarterbacks he's number four in rush attempts number three in rush yards I mean obviously last week he and Barkley both had 100 yards on the ground like that's uh that's something you don't see that often. And when you do, it's normally like Lamar Jackson doing it. Uh, but, you know, we got that last week and the the Giants, yeah, they're going to be without right tackle Evan Neal. They might be without their left guard. Uh, 
you know, I don't think either one of those guys has a big run blocking edge over the guys who are backing them up. And as mediocre as the Giants offense has been, they've been really good running the ball. You know, that that is clearly the strength. They're number three in rush EPA per play. The Seahawks defense is average against the run, number 18 in rush EPA. And, you know, I have the Giants power rate power rated ahead of the Seahawks. Uh, primarily because, you know, I do trust Brian Dable more than I trust Pete Carroll as a situational decision maker. And as strong as the home field advantage is at Lumen Field, uh, I, I think that is, if not the strongest home field advantage in the league, like top three, I, I still think that no team in today's NFL has a three-point home field advantage. So if the Giants can run the ball effectively against the Seahawks, I think they're going to cover here. Stucky, what are you thinking in this one? Yeah, tough game. It's uh, I mean, look, you got, the Giants are the luckiest team in the NFL. Like we, we actually that work with our, our luck met, metrics by my guy uh, Sean Kerner, and like they're they've been the luckiest. I mean, you, you, everyone knows it. I mean, they but some of that goes to coaching. I mean, and that's one. They were my favorite season win total over uh, before the season because I thought the coaching upgrade they went from really bad to yeah. really good. And they also had horrible injury luck last year. And, the injuries are now a bit concerning, you know, tight end to just a lot of guys out that are blocking for you at once. But I mean, look, they beat the Panthers by three at home. They beat, you know, they come back to beat the Titans on the road by one. They lose the Cooper rush. They beat the bears by one possession at home. They come back and beat the Packers that they were down double digits, the fourth quarter, they down double digits in the fourth quarter against the Ravens. Like the, they got dominated in that game. It was like seven to three and a half yards per play. Come back again to beat the Jags. They're outscoring teams 55 to 10 in the fourth quarter if you remove an intentional safety. Just insane. So eventually that luck's going to run out, but they're well coached. And um, so, yeah, from a numbers perspective, I can't really get here, but it's an awful spot for the Giants. Like, you know, the back to back road games from Jacksonville out to Seattle. Historically, teams haven't done that well and I think this and the Giants defense has not been good they are like last week they gave up seven yards per play and somehow only allowed 17 points there's a lot of holes there Gino has looked good against the blitz too and that's all the Giants are gonna, do. They're gonna play man and they're gonna play blitz due to the two highest rates in the league so I'd be more confident in the Seahawks offense here um although now you have an injury to one of your best receivers so it's yeah this is this is a weird game for me because it's two teams that have definitely overperformed but the interesting thing to me, the interesting unit in this game is the Seahawks defense. And they were horrendous. I thought they were going to be one of the worst in the league. And they were 31st DVOA adjusted for opponent up until the past two weeks. And then over the past two weeks, they're number one in the NFL. Yeah. And they played what, the, the Chargers and the Cardinals. And they have some of these young corners. So like you could point to reasons why they would be improving. They got a lot of young pieces. Tariq Woolen at one side is you – know, everyone talks about Sauce Gardner. He is turning into a shutdown cornerback. Same mold of the – like Richard Sherman. He's the long, lanky cornerback that Pete Carroll's always loved. You, know, you got Kobe Bryant in the slot. And, you know, their their defense is playing a lot better. And it wasn't against, like, terrible offenses like the Jets. Sorry for the dig. Um, so, I don't know. Is, is the Seahawks' defense improving? It's, again, it's two two games. It's a lot of noise. Weird things happen in the NFL on a week-to-week basis. But – I'm interested in watching what the Seahawks defense does over the next few games. I don't mind taking the Giants on the number. My gut and the spot says the Seahawks get it done. But you can make a case for either side. Tough game. I'm inclined to go against Matt here and bet with the Geno Smith experience. But 
I, I could see it going both ways. I completely agree. This is going to be a tough one here, Matt. Yeah, I or mean, go it, Seattle first fine. half. Just go Seattle. If you want to bet Seattle, just bet Seattle first half uh, before yeah. the Giants fourth down voodoo comes into yeah. effect. I think that's a really good idea, but that is going to do it for us here. Stucky, thank you so much for joining us today. One more time, where can people find you and all the great work you're doing around the internet? Uh, yeah, at Stucky2 on Twitter um, and uh, on the Action Network app. At Just search Stucky when you're on there. And I'm Big Bets on Campus podcast, college football, if you're into that. That'll be out tomorrow, Action Network podcast for NFL. But uh, yeah, just check me out on Twitter, mainly Stucky2. I'll let you know where you can find any of my stuff on a weekly basis. Yeah, was Stucky the... one taken? Yeah, go ahead. yeah Stucky's take. Stucky was... I, well, I wanted just Stucky, which was taken, obviously. And then Stucky one was this guy. And, like, I always heard that Twitter purges accounts when they're not active. But Stucky one, let's see. I haven't checked in a while. Yeah, Stucky one is still an account. June 2009, he has... And I joined in, like, 2010, 2011. He has one tweet on June 3rd, 2009, and it just says NM and then period U. So, like, someone, I think, was messaging, like, what are you up to? And he's like, not much U, but he tweeted it out. That's his <laughs> only tweet. Um, he was like, no followers, no following. And uh, I messaged him once, like, let me get this. Uh, can I get Stucky 1? Um, but, no. Uh, that, so, I've, it's always been Stucky 2. <laughs> Well, you yeah. got to go with the brand at some point. <clears throat> yeah, a couple of things. I'm in a similar boat. Uh, Matthew Friedman, just some guy. March 2009, hasn't tweeted anything. Thanks, Friedman. Uh, number one, similar so, situation. But number two, uh, the NFL pod that Stucky does with Chris Ravon, uh, where they they break down the slate and they do their Sunday six-pack, look at Thursday Night Football. One of the best uh, betting shows, I think, across the industry uh, each week, it's one of my must listens. Absolutely love that show. And Chris Raybon, also friend of the show. Yeah. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us here. One more time, Stucky. Thank you so much for joining us. And this is actually going to do it for me as well. Uh, Matt, as you alluded to last week, uh, last show when we had Rufus Peabody on, um, I am in fact headed over to join him at unabated and this will be my last betting pros podcast here with you all. And Matt, I just wanted to say first off to everyone at BP, it has been an awesome experience being here with all of you, Joe, Derek, Chris, so many names, even in my short time here, but especially to you guys that have listened and been fans of the show and absolutely most importantly to you, Matt. Uh, working with you over the past two NFL seasons, first at FTN and then here, has been nothing short of some of the most fun that I have had in this industry. And I am sorely going to miss being able to do this show with you. And I certainly know that we will keep in touch, but I, I truly cannot be more grateful for anything that anyone has done for my career more than I am to you and everything that you've been able to give me in terms of these opportunities to be here and doing this with you. And I just wanted to say a very, very big thank you to you, especially yeah, uh, I mean, in my final show. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, that you're going to have the opportunity to work with, with Rufus and Captain Jack and everyone else there at Unabated. So great opportunity. And I'm sure you will, uh, will crush it there. And uh, yeah, you know, at some point we'll have you back on the show. I'm looking forward to it already. But for now, guys, best of luck this weekend with the NFL Week 8 slate. And as always, let's cash some tickets.